Welcome, I'm Duke Pierce. And I'm Oliver Boone. And let's go to the movies. And this week, as we are talking about one of the, the best movies of all time, we're going to forego our news portion so we can spend more time talking about Chinatown. So without further ado, we're going to introduce our guest, always a movie lover. Jasmine moved to Los Angeles four years ago to pursue a career in acting while surrounding herself with the places and history of classic Hollywood. Graduated in 2018 with the American Academy of Dramatic Arts, she continued her education with the Academy's company in 2019 and classes at Stella Adler. Since graduating, she has found success in commercials with Dollar Shave Club, Moroccan Oil, and others, as well as the play Broken Code Bird Switching, which was headed to Summerstock pre-COVID. You can find her at Jasmine Haver on Instagram. Welcome, Jasmine. And I'm not wearing this the entire time. Hello. Hi. Hi, <laughs> welcome on. Hi, thanks for having me. How have you been? I've been well. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been yeah. a moment. It's what, have, been, what have you been up to? What have I been up to? Mm-hmm. Um, well, this, very exciting. Um, <laughs> I just booked another commercial for a sunglasses brand. We oh, love cool. that. Yes, I'm doing the 48-hour film festival with some people you may know oh, this I've weekend. Um, other than that, I just got back to work, so I've been, uh, you know, doing that. Just doing it, doing yeah. it. Well, what Watching movie? movies. Of course. Absolutely. Hopefully you'll One be watching this. Particular. Yes, yes. Uh, so... What movie are we we going to review today? Today, we're reviewing Chinatown. Chinatown. What a classic. This Absolutely. is a classic, and, it's, and I've only seen it twice now. I watched it again last night. Really? Okay. So i got to watch it a hundred more times to get everything. Yes. Of course. It's one of those movies. But it's it's so good. And I love noir movies. Yes. And this is one of probably the best, if not one of the best. Um, so, initial thoughts. What What is your initial thoughts? I thought, it was, I thought it was like a lovely take on a noir movie. It's kind of got this like, it's kind of like that modern, like new age, like 70s filmmaking with Rowan Polanski. Mm-hmm. And um, honestly, when I when I watched it, I watched Who Framed Roger Rabbit when I was a little kid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I didn't think I'd find as many similarities between yeah. that and Chinatown that yeah. I did. But the whole, um, the whole reservoir scandal, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, apparently it's like, it's, it's based, based on a, a, a true, true thing. I think it's, it's like yeah. a docudrama. drama. Similar, um, almost. Mulholland. In 1908, I think mm-hmm. is when the it's date Mulholland. is. Yeah. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I've seen this a couple times now, Chinatown, and I'm, I'm still confused, but I kind of love that. That's a good that. thing. I love that's that. That's a good thing. I think that's how it's supposed yeah, to be. Yeah, I do, I do. And I, I was really confounded. I was like, why is this considered one of the best movies of all time? The first time I watched it. And then the second time I was like, not that I thought it was bad, just probably because I was confused and be like, yeah. What is so special about this? But then I watched it again, and I was like, "There it is." Right. Well, it got a little bit better. It's seen as one of the greatest scripts of all time. I remember, Absolutely. I remember uh, reading. Um, I think it was introduction to screen acting, mm-hmm. uh, screenwriting, mm-hmm. and Chinatown was one of the first uh, first screenplays that they started analyzing, yes. breaking it down. Right. Yeah. Your initial thoughts? What What do you? Oh, I loved it. I mean, who out? doesn't love Faye Dunaway? First mm-hmm. of all. Jack Nicholson in one of his first leading roles. You know, he's amazing. John Huston. 
one of my favorite directors. I figured. Top, top five favorite I directors. I figured as much. Yeah, it, he's fabulous. But, but he's but he's acting. I don't know John Huston as an actor. Oh my gosh. Well, he's, I mean, he's prolific. He's fabulous. Angelica mm. Houston's father. Okay. Um, which is a fun fact. Jack Nicholson and Angelica Houston started dating. Yeah. yeah. Will you stop? That's no. my trivia question. No. <laughs> We play a game at the end. Do you know who I am? Is Jasmine one up already? Yeah. She is. Well, she's going to win. I, I wrote the trivia down. I'm like, Oliver, I'm you have no win. chance of winning. I won I'm the last win. time and no one, no one believed. The only I didn't reason believe. I'm But here. you didn't go up against <laughs> Jasmine Yeah, the Hayward. endless, the bottomless <laughs> bucket of useless trivia but, facts. But I will say, yeah, John Houston's one of favorite directors and yeah. one of the most, I think, overlooked movies is mm-hmm. The Man Who Would Be King. Wow, I, good I choice. I love that movie with um, uh, Michael Caine and Sean, Sean Connery. Um, but yeah, that's Great. a really good movie, and uh, of course, the Treasure on the uh, Sierra Madre. Have you seen The Misfits? Uh, the Misfits. Misfits. I did actually that's John very Houston. recently. That's yeah. John Huston. Oh no, I know him as a director, though. Yeah. I don't know. I yeah. don't know as him an as an actor. actor. Um, and, I've rarely seen him act. Yeah. And this this podcast particularly is not about The Misfits, but I think she's terrible in that movie. Who? Marilyn Monroe. Well, she was on the edge in that. She okay. Was. Also. Side tidbit, another useless factoid from okay. me. I love um, useless factoids. That was when Arthur Miller and her, their marriage was dissolving. It was on the mm-hmm. downhill. So people who have worked on the crew as well as like other actors in the movie said that he used to rewrite pages of dialogue the morning of shooting wow. just to trip mm-hmm. her up and show yeah, that she that, was yeah. unprofessional and she didn't have her lines memorized because of course that was one of the tropes that people used to say about Marilyn Monroe. So mm-hmm. he did that on purpose just to, because he wrote the screenplay, just to undermine her. Mm-hmm. Wow, shady, what? shady dog. And Arthur Miller. I know. Not so, not so nice. Yeah, not so nice, and also. Great writer, a bit of an asshole. Yeah. A bit of an asshole, <laughs> and also, yeah. I don't like the Crucible. Ooh, another <laughs> bit of spicy tea. We are going <laughs> down the rabbit hole. I just don't, I'm sorry, it's boring, and, and it's so allegorical. I don't just, say that in front of the person who literally was in that play a couple moons ago. You before. weren't boring. Oh, that's Actually, nice. I, I don't know. He might that's have been. Nice. I, don't, I, really, I don't remember. I, I remember seeing it. I, I, it's. I think I saw it with you. Maybe not. I don't remember. Maybe. <laughs> if I was there, you'd probably remember. Anyways, um, <laughs> Chinatown. Chinatown. We got a little off track <laughs> forget there, it, but eh, forget about it. Um, forget about it. Um, Very I nice. really like this movie, and I, but like I said, I love noir, and and one of the things I really liked about this movie, in that sense, is that. It, and Roger Ebert had a quote about this that I want to read. Yes, yeah, one of his favorite movies. It is. Mm-hmm. Um, where did I put it? It's right here. Okay, it's a 1940s private eye movie that doesn't depend on nostalgia or camp for its effect, yeah. but works because of the enduring strength of the genre itself. Mm-hmm. In some respects, this movie actually could have been made in the 1940s. It accepts its conventions and categories at face value and doesn't try to filter them through a modern sensibility. Here's a private eye movie in which all the traditions, romantic as they may seem, are left intact. Mm-hmm. And I thought about that the entire movie. I was like, because I think we're, we've entered a time of cinema where we're harping for the old days. Uh-huh. But it de- movies don't do that, right? They 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 trope you into remember. I think Star Wars is the worst at this. Is they trope you into remembering the days of when Star Wars was good, um, but without actually like being what made Star Wars good. You know what I mean? I d- I, well, because I don't. The Star I don't. Wars <laughs> movies that kind of I don't know. They're almost kind of like. It, it, they follow they follow so much the same formula as the previous right, but like, ones. But but like Force Awakens was a New Hope. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh. It was the it was there was the Death Star. Like it was just the Death Star story again. But instead of creating something that just was 
what Star Wars was, mm-hmm. which actually I think Rogue One does a good job of. It it, it tries to pull on your it's sen- it's sentimental in a way. So that, oh, for sure. Uh, but but this movie I don't think does that. I think it just right. it it it, it bees what it bees. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's it's a new it's a noir film, and it I doesn't try to. But yeah, as we see, like as the movie unfolds, mm-hmm. if you haven't seen Chinatown, first off, that's bad. You should see it. Second off, you're about to hear a lot of spoilers. I was gonna say, do we do spoilers? We here? do spoilers because okay. I mean, it's. <sighs> I mean, we kind of if we're gonna go into like a, if we're like a forty film, to an hour long a- analysis. Yeah, we don't want to talk about the first ten minutes. Um, <laughs> the the way it turns into how the father raped her, like that yeah. probably wouldn't have come out in the 1940s, right? Just because of how dark it is, right? So it, it does. It, it takes the style and. It evolves but, it, but eva- yeah, it gives. Mm-hmm. It but in a positive way that doesn't mm-hmm. like compromise the integrity of the genre, which I think is right. important. I think sometimes we we lose that. So. In mm-hmm. some aspects, I wouldn't have been able to tell if I hadn't looked it up when the movie was set. In a way, yeah, in a sense, like it could have been like the thirties, the forties, like fifties. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. just it felt it felt so modern. Which yeah. I loved. Like a lot of like the a lot of the camera shots. I I mean, my I think my favorite one was as. I think it's like as the cars like as the cars like pulling into um i think it's the vineyard and you see like a figure walking in like yeah. the, the mirror the mirror i was just like i don't like other movies from that time i don't feel like they were well they were starting they were starting to get more experimental with mm-hmm. their shots mm-hmm. well one of the things that i noticed a lot watching it yesterday was how much of it is handheld Yes. Or yeah. it has that shape. Well, did you notice that so many shots it's told from Jake's perspective? So right. a lot of the shots, the camera's placed behind his shoulders. Mm-hmm. So you're getting like his perspective and like when he's looking through the photos and stuff. So I think that handheld, just slightly bit of motion that gives us like the, re- you know, like we're looking at it through We see eyes. things when he yeah. sees things. I love that. Yeah. And I, I think what that. separates it a little bit from what we conceive as handheld in, in, in modern movies is mm-hmm. that it everything's choreographed. Absolutely. It, Absolutely, it's it's not it's not all over the place, which I can't stand. Yeah, I'm like, am I getting am I drunk? I'm getting nauseous. Um, but it's like it, there's it's a subtlety to it, and yeah. it's like when he beats up the guy outside of the nursing home. Yes, it's that's as most of the time it's with the violence. I believe is mm-hmm. when it goes handheld. I think so. Uh, but it might be a little bit uh, some other times too. But it, it it's just the way the fight's choreographed and the way the cameras just kind of fall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. It's, it's that's the kind of handheld I can get behind. Yeah, yeah. Um, so obviously we all liked it. What um, the thoughts on direction? What are your, what are your thoughts? Oh, on I the really enjoyed it. I've only seen a few of Roman Polanski's films, mainly Rosemary's Baby. That's primarily mm-hmm. how I know him. So I've only yeah. seen, I feel like a very um, specific part of his canon. You know, um, but I loved it. I really, really enjoyed it. I I liked everything about it. Um, Mm -hmm. I thought the director just, the direction for this film, I thought just kind of held its hand and let the screenplay and the acting really kind of lead the way. But I think it's very distinct in some of the way that he shoots it Mm -hmm. and in the ending. You know, I think especially because, you know, it was his first time back in the States since Sharon Tate. Sharon Tate. I think it was you five know? years. Yeah, since, that was the yeah. first time he was back. So, you know, I think we'll talk about the ending later, but yeah. I think that just, you know, that's also a little bit of his his trademark that there aren't 
always Hollywood endings, you know what I mean? So I think knowing his background as a person and then seeing the movie, I think it only like further kind of melts right. it, you know? it, it. I was thinking about talking about his backgrounds and yeah. his history because it's also a bit... I have he's a hard got a spicy... Time. I have a, a hard time life. watching him just because of watching yeah. his film, which is sad because he did make some great films, but... It's a troubled person. It's like... But you can still enjoy the film. You can still enjoy the Yeah, art. I think in a lot of ways, you, yeah, you can, especially since he's not on screen. Like, it's hard to watch Kevin Spacey. What, he is on screen. He is on he screen. Is on he's, screen. The, yeah. he's the guy with the knife. Yeah. But That's the role not, I would want to play. Just yeah. to come in. Did you notice? Did you notice? When they do the shot and like you see Jack Nicholson about to get cut, the knife is turned out. So like the sharp side's out, but then after it gets cut, the dull side is yeah, out. Okay. Yeah, okay. because obviously, you know, obviously. Know. Is that is that another trivia question? Did I win? What do uh, I win? Um, a new car? We're gonna move on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but with, director Sidney Lumet talks about it, and I'll quote him. I've already oh, quoted him, him in another. Love I, him. I just read his book over the oh, being read a pause. It. Yeah. Um, and making movies is what it's called. And yeah, he's, he's another one of my top five favorite directors. Mm. And he says, we do all this work yeah. and a lot of it you don't you don't see because that's the point of the work. Right. Is not seen. Right. Like, so in 12 Angry Men, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, it, it gets, the, the camera gets lower and lower as the film progresses. It yeah. starts off high. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. as the film progresses, I've read about that. Yeah. It, it becomes lower and lower until you're equal with the characters. Right. But if, if you don't read about it, you don't know. Well, then it even, then as it go it goes even lower, mm-hmm. so it's becoming more and more claustrophobic. Exactly. Yeah. And by the end of it, and the the last shot, it's very high. Aren't those the wonderful things about cinema that like you don't think about it, but you you notice it when you watch it only because like it creates the full product for you. But when you read about little things like that, you're like, oh my god, I, I did was claustrophobic that. by the like, end of I the movie. Like I did feel yeah. that. That totally mm-hmm. did so have that effect. I think on exact, me. That's, that's exactly how I feel with Chinatown, though. Yes. I feel like I, that's there's what, so yeah. much that I could still discover watching it again. Right. right. And, and, and right. But it also it's like you don't see the directing. You don't right. see the direction. Right. You don't see. It's yeah. just the, and like the thing about it, always being behind Jack Nicholson's character. Mm-hmm. You get the sense that this movie is from his perspective, right? Like when you watch it, you you go. I'm, I mean, you I'm, find things yeah. out when he finds things out. Yeah. You know, we're right. on that journey side by side with him. It's not like we know something mm-hmm. that maybe he doesn't know yet. It's like we literally find everything out at the same time. And and he, it's and and I love movies that have smart characters. Yes, the characters course. that are, are yeah. smart, and, and all of yeah. them are intelligent characters. Mm-hmm. Like they don't do things. Stupidly, or they everything they do is thought out, and I, I realized this when he uh, when he puts the timers yeah. uh, behind the the, watches, the, yeah. the, the, the the or the watches. He sets the watches and yeah. puts them behind the, the tire. Yeah. So when he backs up, he knows when they left. That's so smart. He, mm-hmm. He's just he's just an intelligent guy. However, yeah. he he has, you know, he's the victim of himself. Of course. By the end of the movie, yes. everything everything that kind of happens is because of what he did. Because of what he thought was right, in a sense, and what he, because he wants to, he wants to get to the case for his own uh, to the to the bottom of the case for his own purpose. Right. I mean, he wants to prove that you know he he's can do hero. his job. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and that it's not because, like he says when he's talking to Evelyn, it's like you know I'm I'm here to help your husband, but like this is mainly 
for myself because I take a lot of pride in what I do. I don't want to be a joke in this town. And that's and that's classic noir. Right. That's noir character. He's right. obsessed with himself. Yeah. And how he sees. Right. And when noir. you put that kind of character next to sort of a femme fatale kind of mm-hmm. character, especially Faye Dunaway, I feel like she's such yeah. a force. The to be best, the greatest femme yeah. fatale. She's fabulous. She's great. She so I, and I love her. And I, I, uh, she's another one of my favorite movies. Uh, Network. Network. Yeah. It just. We should do that. Sometime. She won. We should. She won the Oscar for that, didn't mm-hmm. she? She's actually nominated for Chinatown. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, Chinatown 25. got eleven nominations. That's crazy. And, and I, I want to talk about that a little bit later too. Yeah. About, do we think they should have won more? Do you I, think I, Godfather I, Part Two is? Better? I don't. I don't know. I didn't look at the Oscars for this. Uh, Godfather Part Two won Best Picture. I don't know. I mean, that goes into the debate about why certain films and certain actors, etc., win. You know, and mm. whether it's about the actual product or if it's about the place it holds in film history or the canon etc so that's that's an interesting i know as well there is a very i i'm I'm trying to remember i think it may have been strasberg that's Mm -hmm. in godfather part Mm -hmm. two yeah he was nominated i don't think he won i know well i mean personally you know i think he would be he's probably more nominated because of his background being a legend of same with godfather part two there's yeah. a lot of hype that comes with that. Oh, absolutely. And Chinatown. The, and the first one. So and, and, I'm not. Godfather is good. I'm not a huge fan of it. And I understand its impact on cinema mm-hmm. and why it's so important and why it was important for the time. I, I love the first one. Yeah. I can take or leave the second. Mm-hmm. I, like, I like moments in the second. Don't talk about the third. No. We don't talk about I don't about know if I've seen it. That's the redheaded step. Sophia Coppola is a wonderful director. Yes, she is. Marie Antoinette is yeah. fabulous. Virgin Suicides yeah. is fabulous. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. But one other thing I wanted to talk about the character of Jake is yeah. that he's a nihilist, which is yeah. classic noir, but he's a nice one. He what, is what a nice one. What do you mean by a nihilist? He, he is down in the dumps. He's just... Yeah, when he when he goes and someone asks him, "Are you alone?" He says, "Isn't everyone?" Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's such my a favorite line. Perfect. It is. It's, it's one of my favorites too. It's perfect noir line. That's funny. Where it's like, yeah, of course he thinks that. You know, right. he's he's but he's really nice. Yeah. Like he at the beginning he tells the woman who who's come to right to hire him to find out if his uh, to go home. Is, and he's like, go home. Yeah, drop I, it. it. Probably if you, is. If you love your husband, just yeah. go home. Mm-hmm. You're probably right, but but just go home. And and he goes, he probably loves you. Right. You know, it's it's Don't he's going always. through something, and and right. I think he's got a great moral compass for like Absolutely. the type of neo noir like mm-hmm. detective, which he, I think is why the ending just takes a big old crap off. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's yeah. He's I mean, the ending is game. fabulous. I when I was reading about how there were talks about a different ending, mm, I, I was like, that, yeah. no, <laughs> no. The reason yeah. we're still talking about Chinatown is because of the ending. Absolutely. You know? And I think it was the screenwriter yes. and, and Polanski that and Polanski. argued about it. Yeah. Yeah. Someone wanted a happy ending. And they were like, no. Compared to play, compared to plays, movies often are changed to have a yeah. right. Well, Hollywood likes ending. to make, and, and it's because that's what sells tickets. Exactly, that and makes I'm money. Not, yeah. I don't hate that. A lot of people like Hollywood's just a bunch of happy endings, especially if they come from the theater. And I don't hate that. It's like the theater is depressing, and the cinema is happy. That's I'm an fine interesting with that. take. I've never thought of that, but that's very true. Right, and and I think the only reason why we're still talking about Chinatown, yeah, is because cinema's so happy. It's like, I, I do love dark endings. I love Roman Holiday because they don't get together. Right. I, I love the ending of that movie. That's why but you if, like that movie? 
I, well, it's I mean, go it's off. a very yeah, weird not, reason it's, why you it's like one it's of my. It's too. one of the things I love about that movie. Sure, is because all the other movies from that time period they would have gotten together, especially Audrey movies. Yeah, yeah. right. Classic. But it's I, I was at the end of the movie. It's like, please don't get with each other. Please don't get with each other. Please don't get. It's <laughs> not because I'm not sentimental, but because it, I'm all about. It's not realistic, right? And you I'm all about breaking the mold. I'm yeah. all about, and it's one of the reasons I like Scorsese so much is sure. because he just revolutionize the game yeah he did and i'm all about them all about doing things that it taking you for a ride which you think it's going to end this way yeah but i'm going to end it something different well i feel like in chinatown every time you get an answer to a question there's five more come up yeah it's mm-hmm. like you can never get ahead which i like because yeah. then you're never bored mm-hmm. you know like you're never able to disengage and say like oh i'm watching a movie right now you know it's like the stakes and the pacing just moves so oh, yeah, fluidly. The pacing's that, amazing. You know? Watching Faye Dunaway for like, I, maybe it was like the third or fourth time I've seen this now. Yes. But just the first moment I see it, I can just, you can just see like her brain, like her character's mm-hmm. brain, yeah. like ticking. And there's so much vulnerability. Of course. And like her just trying to keep composed. Right. And we haven't really touched on it, but I don't think anybody else could have played this part. Well, Jane Jack Fonda Nicholson. was in talks for it and I love Jane Fonda, but you know, I just think that sometimes actresses or actors are, you know, destined. It's just a perfect fit. And but I think Faye Dunaway was perfect. It's the for same this. for Jake. Yes. I, I, can you think of anybody else playing it? I feel like, but wasn't this partly even inspired or like written for Jack Nicholson? Yes. Not inspired. Wrote yeah. it with him in mind. Yes. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he does, it, he captures the, the role Oh, he's fabulous. In, in a way that, that Nicholson, uh, he's a fantastic actor, but you said something the other day. It was like, you can always kind of see Jack Nicholson in a role. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. a bit, like a bit like rebellious. Right, and, yeah. but this one, he just, he kind of just lets his, the role be him. For sure. He's not the yeah. role, the role is him. And a part yeah. of that is because it's so well written. Right. I have a philosophy that acting, actors do about 67% of the work, mm-hmm. but that other 40% is writing. And I would almost think that it's the other way around because you can't I, I, make a good right. movie out of a bad screenplay mm-hmm. it's never been done well, right. Drive know. they cut out all the dialogue oh, That's true <laughs> they cut See, out There you the have dialogue. it There you have it uh, Yeah and, and he's just he hits every note and I love that you find out things with him Yes Yes, yes. And, and as, as you go that's you get the clues and you're like God well, I'm, you're trying to piece it together as he's trying to piece it together Well you really yeah you're rooting for him Mm-hmm. But you love movies, so I, I expected this is where I wanted to yeah, have you on because yeah. I, I knew you were going to go above and beyond and be I a wonderful guest. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so let's talk about. You said you took some notes on the themes. Sure. So what 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 jumps out at you? Okay, your- I mean the ones that come to mind: the Holy Trinity, money, power, corruption. Mm-hmm. I mean, definitely you, corruption for me. Yeah. Is, oh man, right. there's so much. It's so ugly. There's so much corruption mm-hmm. in this movie. It's so it's so unsettling because and, I mean, again, we'll talk about that when we get to the ending and everything like that. But I don't know. I I also think that between the incest and the murder mm-hmm. being the crime. Houston, you know, I don't know have his acting philosophy. Right. But it almost seems like he, he, I can't remember what we call it now, but it's when you study an animal. Oh, uh-huh. Is that Chekhov? No, that's Krotowski, maybe. Hmm. It might be Chekhov. I don't know. I, don't know. I can't don't remember. Who, yeah, Chekhov. Sorry, we should Fight. cut this out. Um, <laughs> we should find it and then just dub it in. Um, but the way he moves, it's, he's, a, he's like a salamander. He's, he's an interesting... 
he's an interesting creature just as Mm -hmm. a whole, let alone, you know, when he's acting and directing, he's someone that I find that whole family, the Houston family is very prolific, but he, I would love to have lived inside his brain Mm -hmm. for just like a day, just to feel and understand his thought process and the way he thinks and sees things. He's very intriguing to me. Very strange. I can't put my finger on his style makes me uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. but in a good way. Right. You know, like in a way that I almost enjoy because it's interesting Mm -hmm. and it's compelling. Oh, yeah. He's I can't picture anyone else playing that role. I think he brings a lot of greatness to it. Yeah, he just moves and he squirms and he... he, Well, he's slimy and he knows Mm -hmm. it and he knows he's getting away with it. Who's going to stop him? It kind of reminded me a little maybe of... um, uh, Lawrence Olivier's character in... uh, Is it Marathon? Marathon Marathon was the one with Dustin Hoffman. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a little of that, just kind of like this like huge villain with like mm. a very deep dark secret. Yeah, and, and that scene, well, cause he's only in two scenes. Mm-hmm. Three scenes, I think. Mm-hmm. Three scenes he's in. He's in the first one, mm-hmm. and the one he shows up to the house, and then the final scene. It just looked like you flipped up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the camera. Uh, we can blur it out. New. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> whoops, sorry mom. Um, but the first scene he's in, it's just, it's just great. The, the what's not being said. Yeah, I mean that's a very. I mean that's that's proof that it's not just um, telling; it's showing. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? You truly. He's an example of of an actor who is truly being. Yeah. His character. He's really like fully. I I find that sometimes in contemporary acting, some actors, um, it stops in the body, or it stops in nonverbal and body language and just et cetera, you know, just things that really make a, a rounded out real human being. Mm-hmm. And I think he is fully, like fully realized, he, he, Yeah, you know, he head to toe, which when you find out the stuff at the end that he does, going into the movie knowing what I know about the end, when I watch it again, I'm so uncomfortable by mm-hmm. him because I'm like, you and I forgot, are slimy. I forgot yeah. watching the second uh, second yes. time. I had forgotten about the daughter. Yeah, he's disgusting. I, when, <laughs> I, when, I, when he comes to the, the scene of when you find out. It's Faye sinister. It's just. It's so sinister. It and you start oh to question God. what what are these people's motivation? Like yeah. what, what? And it's just, it's the world they live in. I wonder if maybe it's just because I come from a different time. We come from a different time, but watching Jack Nicholson slap that out of Faye Dunaway, I was very uncomfortable. Like, I really wanted him to, I wanted to lay in the you can't handle the truth lie. <laughs> 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 He's just like, my sister, my daughter. I said I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. He was uncomfortable in that scene because she told him. She told him to, to slap hit her. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. She, Imagine. He, he was like, I don't. I it don't want to like do it. Looked like he really mm. smacked the shit out of her too. Mm. Like I, I feel like no sound effects were necessary for that. Right. And and it, it, I think it is supposed to be a level of uncomfortability because that and that's one that this movie is so deep in so many ways and there's so many different avenues. Yeah. But their relationship. Yeah. It's, it's on again and off again, and it's like, and if I had to have a criticism, sure. One, I if I had, a, I, I, I wish there was, and the movie's already pretty long, but I wish there would have been a little bit more definition mm-hmm. of? of how he felt for her going into the ending. They did sort of hop into bed and then, and then pop out and then, and the I ending. like, and I like, <laughs> and I like the. 
he kind of cares for her, but he wants the truth so badly that he's yeah. he will he will beat it out of her. Uh, yeah, he he quite literally beats the yeah. truth out of her. And but we, Ugly. I'm, we, not a, we I'm not a fan of it. I don't know. It's just too, it's too much. That was I, I like Jack Nicholson was on my side. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like yeah. very it. 1970s playing 1930. Right. <laughs> oh my God. Makes me but, very. But you can't understand like Betty Davis or yeah. Joan Crawford. Or Benny Davis like said, I think Faye Dunaway was like the only actor of that generation that she felt like had the stuff. And you know what? Mm. I think actually it was Joan Crawford who said that, which makes this even more <gasps> hilarious. Betty Davis condemned her. She thought no, yeah. she was just a pain in the ass. Really? Which is hilarious mm-hmm. because if you know the feud between Betty Davis and Joan Crawford, that's even funnier. Also, right. Joan was already passed by the time that Faye played her in Mommy Dearest, so that's almost yeah. Oh, that's, that's crazy. Why How I am, That's why I'm that getting is, mixed up. You know, yeah, yeah. that's crazy. But yeah, hilarious. They mm-hmm. already had their feud, and then you know. Yeah, add Faye too. I've heard Faye Dunaway has been. It can be very difficult on set. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Do you know the story her and about Roman Polanski yes. went. Do we believe yeah. that? Do we believe that story? I don't know if I know the story. Can I tell it? Sure. sure. Okay, so they're filming a scene in the car, right? And Polanski wants. Yeah, this is quite literally. Oh, it's trying to tell. Because, because, you know, we don't know if it's true. And so Faye says it's not true. Who knows? They're filming the scene in the car. She needs a bathroom break. Polanski says, nah, we're filming. Deal with it. Mm -hmm. Legend goes she peed in a cup. He leaned down to give her a direction and she tossed a cup of her pee all over his face. Power move. Yeah, <laughs> very powerful. When there's if also a story. Did that to yeah. Me though. I don't care who you are. If someone right. did that to me, everyone would know about it. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't. I don't know. I really can't decide if it's true or not. Right. Like. But there's also a story of like he pulled her hair at some point too. Yeah. Be, yeah. He pulled a hair out because it was being lit wrong. Yeah. I don't know. There, there was an interview that they... So right after the film was made, they both said that they hated working with each other. But then a little bit later on, like through the years, they both were like, no, no. But, you know, it, it worked because I think they both realized how special the project was. And I mm. think sometimes when you're in it, it's really hard to kind of get perspective and stuff. Right, but when absolutely, you look yeah. back on it, you're like, well, you know, it needed to be that way to, you know, but that's also the question of how much directors kind of push to get a certain I think it's I think it's ch- I think it's changed over the years a lot. I agree I think, <laughs> like from I, like the well, Stanley man. Kubrick age yeah Woof. yeah you Woof. can't be yeah yeah as aggressive can we can we go to the ending we, uh, we, we will get to okay. the ending <laughs> I was so excited I have a point I have a point I love it well, write so it da- why don't you have a pen do you need a pen it's I all, have one I was all, gifted it's one it's on the minds I have it I have some notes on my phone as well Oh my god. I'm ready. I'm good to go. I think you're underprepared. Um, and I had a great point too, and then we went off on gossip hour. Who did that? What's unusual about this being a Hollywood movie is that there's not a whole lot that in this movie that Hollywood producers injected into movies. Well, yeah, this was right on the cusp in between, like, right before the new Hollywood era, if you will, ended, before, like, mm-hmm. the big blockbusters, quote unquote, became a thing. You know, so this is still when like the directors and the writers could run a little wild and do what Mm -hmm. they wanted for the art rather than for, um, you know, the box office sales. This is sort of like coming to the end of that era. Mm -hmm. And I think I I think watching that this movie just makes me miss that era because it's you know, it's natural and things happen for a reason, not just because, oh, we have two big box office draw stars, we have to have a nude scene. Mm. I feel like every every shot is like propelling the story forward more. Absolutely. Like everything has a purpose. Absolutely. 
if not multiple purposes. Sure. You know, so there's a, there's a lot of a lot of foreshadowing in the film, a lot of, you know, hints. Everything gets brought back from like the beginning. Everything we need to know is pretty much revealed in the first act. Yeah. You know, and then it's just brought back. Well, but one of the things I really like is that I love movies that don't give exposition on characters. Yeah. I, I even love it's movies that don't really give exposition at all. I, I talked about a movie written by Elaine May in our last episode called uh, Mikey and Nikki. Mm-hmm. It has John Cassavetes and Peter Falk. Yeah. And Ugh. there's no exposition in that movie. You yeah. learn about everything as you go. And in this Chinatown, I don't know if it does that so much, but it, it doesn't give character exposition. Right. It, everything you learn about the characters, you learn through the course of the movie. Like, you know them by the end of the movie, mm-hmm. that, but you didn't, the, the movie didn't tell you right. who these people are. Right. And if you know noir, you kind of know some of the, the stereotypes. Yeah. But, but like I said earlier, Nicholson's character breaks some of those. He's nice. He's nihilistic, but he's really nice. Yeah. Well, Faye Dunaway, her character's story is also tragic. She's not a black widow, mm-hmm. you know, which is typically like if you think of Barbara Stanwyck or if you think of Mary Astor, like your normal, your your typical um, femme fatale, film noir leading ladies. She is not. She is that in some ways, but she's she's a victim in a lot of other ways. You know, her story is very tragic. And and absolutely, I think when you understand when you see the ending, you understand why she behaved the way a little bit anyway in the beginning just because this this will i don't know she's she's a different they're both they're both you know they play on on the characters in the genre but they also slightly change it right and something you just said that made me think about is they both are outsiders absolutely which is the cornerstone of noir absolutely is the the usually it's the detective sure that's the outsider right but they're both outside fighting well she's fighting to get out mm-hmm. and he's it's almost like he's and, and maybe he's just fighting to survive yeah. he is missing that like cynicism that you get with the typical mm-hmm. like Humphrey Bogart I was just gonna yeah. say if you're familiar with Maltese Falcon it's yeah. like he's the Bogart type <laughs> which is directed Absolutely. by John Houston yeah but he's less angry mm-hmm. he's, he's a less angry Bogart you know which I think is um it's very interesting with Nicholson because I feel like Nicholson plays, he can do angry well, you know. Like He's his brilliant The Departed. Are, and right. that's, that's, I think that's pristine Pure, Nicholson. Pure, unadulterated, you mm. know, and, and I always think of Cuckoo's that. Nest when I yeah. think of that. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. He, he does crazy really well. I'll raise it. And he didn't, he didn't do this and I loved him in this role. Mm-hmm. I thought he did it fantastic. I thought he was fantastic. I really did. So even though it was slightly... You know, I think in some ways it was kind of off-brand for him, but in other ways I think it was fabulous because I think that his performance was very compelling and a little, you know, like there, there's something that you're not quite understanding, but you're rooting for him, which is I think how I personally feel about a lot of his characters. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't really understand him completely, but you want him to succeed or you want him to win. I think he I think he I think he always he kinda he kinda stands up to the system. Yes. You know, he does the he things He does what that other people don't. We would want to do. Yeah. And right. I'm, th- I'm just thinking of something and like I just said a minute ago, it's like I love things that bend your expectations. Yes. And maybe he is such an outsider of the genre in certain mm-hmm. ways. But if you look at all the characters around him, like yes. his other cop buddies, John Houston's character in a way, he's the big evil guy. Right. Um, they're all classic noir characters. Of course. And I mean, the the uh, other cops are as shoe gum as they get, mm-hmm. you know? So I wonder if that's deliberate in the sense of maybe he's an outsider in some ways to the genre. To, yeah. 
when all the That's other characters are living well, he, in the yeah, genre. Yeah, I mean, he comes into this world. And her in certain ways, too. Right. Definitely. Right. And I mean, they come in, he comes into this world and he's trying to make sense of it. Mm-hmm. And no one will be honest with him. You know, he can't get the truth from anybody, but he's just trying to understand it. Even after they sleep together, mm-hmm. you know, he could have just let her go. He could have just let her go do whatever she needed to do after the And probably would have been a better option. Right, right. If but he course, just let her go. You know, but he yeah, never finished he it. He has to finish the mm-hmm. job. Yeah. You know? And that's why I think it would have had a little bit more punch if there was a, a little bit more of a, I don't know, maybe a little scene at showing some love or something yeah. between them. Yeah. I think it would have given the ending a so little bit more impact. A little, a little yeah. kiss after the slap. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's your style. Uh, yeah. Talking about outsiders of the genre, um, I never knew that uh, Uncle Paulie from the Rocky movies mm-hmm. was was in Chinatown. That took yeah. me out of the <laughs> took yeah. me out Isn't of serious a little. When you see an actor oh that you goodness. only know as one character in something else, and you're like, "What are you doing in this world?" But I really, yeah. I really love that. I really love that they bring that character from the beginning all the way back like mm-hmm. every single every single person shot they have a purpose in the film and, oh, absolutely and I th- feel like it, it, it steps right into what we're talking about like the sexy not being gratuitous mm-hmm. in any way mm-hmm. like and when there is and even on that note and when there is violence it's real yeah. it's not yeah. glamorous it's, it's, it's not, not glamorous glam- there's nothing glamorous about it there's no uh, over the topness, really bad. Anyone it. else like flinch and cringe when he gets his nose slashed? Like you can bit, almost yeah. feel it. Feels and then that's so, so interesting that he's the bandage the rest of the movie. I know. Is there? Is there? Is I there almost a... wore the bandage today. Did you? Yeah. I brought my hat. <laughs> I I brought nothing. <laughs> you black. I brought my uncle Paulie. He brought uh, that. I think that was pretty good. Yeah. I think that was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> but um, is there a line about him getting like his beak wet? Or something, Jack Nicholson, because that's what I see when I like, you know, when he's got oh, the bandaged nose, mm-hmm. kind of like funny. he's get like. He's, if not, they missed a good opportunity. I think I think Roman Polanski's character maybe say something about nosing around. Yeah, right. yes. Yes. yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, you know what happens when you're nosy. Yeah, something like that. Exactly, and when it starts bleeding, you really feel it. You really. Well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's so also trying to tell. He's also a hothead. Uh, Jake Nic- yeah, or Jake. Nicholson or both well, <laughs> I suppose oh, do you sure. know Nicholson like, I wish a little I don't know he, because you know him a little mm-hmm. Jack Nicholson being a hothead I don't think he I don't think he's that much of a I don't know for this performance I feel like he keeps a lot of it on the he's inside he's talking about the performance uh, that's great no 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 the character is a little bit of a hothead but he does keep it down but like in the barber scene which is one of the early scenes oh yeah I mean he really he has integrity in mm-hmm. his work he he really values what he does, which I think is that I think is one of the only pieces of exposition, if you will, that we get. Like clearly, he cares a lot right. about what he does, and he cares about his reputation in the town so much that you know he really goes for this guy that mm-hmm. he doesn't even know. He even asks the barber if he's a regular or not. Like he doesn't even right. know him, and he really goes for his throat. Like he gets mm-hmm. so upset just at the thought that this man thinks that what. Jake does is is slimy, you know. Right. So it's like if we see this reaction in the beginning, that's why we're not surprised that he never stops, that he follows it through all the way. Which to the also end. he sees this, he sees this this banker, yeah, putting himself like above above Jack Nicholson right. for right. what he does, and that that right. is such a, a a brilliant scene in in many ways. But in one way, it's because he's 
he just bites back at him for his job. It's like, you're a banker. You you move people out of your house. Yeah, home. you kick like, people what? out on the street, which I mean, I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he does. Like, right, oh. but it's like, it's the, and one of the things I love about Noir and what it does really well is it, it, it shows how every human's a hypocrite in some way. Right, you right. Know? And it's like, you're sitting there uh, accusing me of being a slime ball and what I do in certain ways what he is is kind of slimy but he's not the one that put the story in the paper either right you know yeah. he doesn't do it for that he he does it honestly I think he does it for the money mm. you know I, I mean so many people everyone in this movie is in for what they do for the money right you know I think Jake a little bit is in it for his reputation for the integrity but at the end of the day you know he, he was hired it, it's almost like yeah. he knows one thing to do right and that's how he's going to make his money and right. he you know, couldn't do it, make it as a cop. Right. Or he didn't want to make it as a cop. Yeah, absolutely. We never really get the answer to that. I feel, yeah, I mean, I feel like the the villain of Chinatown is, is the system mm-hmm. when, like, I think that's yeah. another way how it subverts, like, the typical, like, neo, uh, typical noir film. Because, mm-hmm. like, you don't have, I mean, I guess you have Roman Polanski and the other guy, but you don't really have typical gangsters in this film. You know? Yeah, right. I mean, the, you know, the the villain is the corruption in the in all of the systems. Mm-hmm. You know, when Lou, when we're introduced to Lou Escobar, when we knew him as a lieutenant and now he's a captain, it pretty much just tells you, okay, if you don't try to punish the powerful, if you don't go for the big guys, then you can be captain too. You know, mm-hmm. if you let them do what they want to do, if you let evil win, then you can get promoted as well. You mm-hmm. know, which is, I will not start the dialogue on how apropos that situation is. But, you know, but it's like even, you know, that film was made in the 70s, set in the 30s. And how much of what we know present day about, mm-hmm. you know, governments being corrupted, how everything is is wealth driven. Everyone's just looking for the wealth. You know, Mr. Cross is looking for the wealth in water because that's where he knows that it is. He wants mm-hmm. more money and the wealth is in water. And it's like that. But... <sighs> He has that line at the end mm-hmm. of it being, it's well, why do you need why do you need more money? You know, it's but it's not about. He wants the money. to own power. the future, right? He wants to own the future of Los Angeles, right? And it's almost like he's, and that's, and I even think it maybe it is greater than money, or at least on the same playing field is the idea that we're still around after we're dead. Mm-hmm. It's like that old saying is that you die twice. Once when they put you in the earth, and another uh, when the, uh, the last person you know says your name for the last time. Yeah. Powerful men. Yeah. Are often what drives them is their um, their name, their mm-hmm. name still being around after they're gone, mm-hmm. and their children being you know wealthy and powerful after they're gone. Like the Crucible, which you hate. <laughs> <laughs> That's the whole point of the Crucible, my friend. Is it? Yeah, I, I have missed a that name. theme. No, never mind. Carry on. Carry on. <laughs> I still think it's a good point. It's a great point. I had to read in high school. It's just awful. Um, it's not awful. It's just not good. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's funny. Yeah, the movie's pretty funny at points. I, I loved when he's telling the joke. To oh, his, his buddies, yeah. and you don't even pay attention to the joke, but you're just paying attention to the fact that Faye Dunaway's behind. Another it. thing yeah. that, like, again, if this film was made in 2020, right? You know, it's like that 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 joke. I mean, the whole thing, so much of it, so much of it. You know, it's like, yeah, it's a little, uh, yeah. 
Right, but in a sense, it also puts us in the world that these characters live in. Like, and he and even tells the secretary to leave. It's, yeah. Right, because it's it's very distasteful. Mm-hmm. So it gives her, like, she already knows this person as, in her eyes, a moron. Right. You know, like, she thinks he's just, you know, like, oh, you, you, I've never spoken to you. I've never met you, let alone hired you mm-hmm. to do anything in regards to my husband. You know, and then she's standing there and he's making an ass of himself. Oh, yeah. Which, you know, and yeah. of course, his two associates are standing there trying to help him, which is classic. You know, he doesn't get the message until it's too late. Classic, classic. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, it just it's, it it's gives us, it's like vaudeville. Right. Yeah. And then again, we are seeing it unfold in front of us in real time. We're seeing mm-hmm. her interpretation. I mean, it's just like it's such an easy kill. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. he's and, and just making Nicholson it too easy. has the best time. It, it right. just plays that off so well when he turns around and sees her, and he's like, "Right, yeah." It's 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 well done. And it's classic filmmaking because yeah. you you're not paying attention to the words that are being said. You're paying right. attention to the situation. I actually went back to, to I rewinded to, to find out what the joke is. The joke is so long. It's so long, and it's really not even that funny. I know. I don't know if I got it. it. Yeah, it's like I don't think you. I didn't really get it. It's like, is there a punchline here? Like, but no. I don't. He certainly I, thought there was. Right. <laughs> and I don't. He thought it was hilarious. He did, and I think that's the point. I don't think you're. You're obviously not right. supposed to be paying attention to the joke. The right. joke doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It Maybe matter, it's a time really. period thing. It really doesn't but matter. But it really it doesn't matter at all. Right. And it's. I think it seems hilarious. I think it's a red herring. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of those in this story, but I think that you know what I mean because, yeah. like you said, you're you're listening sort of in your peripherals but you're mainly watching to mm-hmm. see everyone else's like it's how the reaction it's the reactions which is more important right, right. absolutely okay time to give ollie what he wants ending time i hate it when you phrase it like that <laughs> <laughs> never want to give what ollie wants <laughs> i know this is just it's your very, podcast it's, very one side it's not two people here <laughs> it's okay dear it's gonna be fun um <laughs> We are a very odd couple, I feel. It is, a little and bit. And I appreciate it. One of the things, right before we get into the ending, I want to say is that... <laughs> teasing You're so good. close. I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. <laughs> um, wait for you find out the ending throughout the whole movie. You do. He says it multiple times. He's like, the reason I don't go to Chinatown is more is because there was a girl right. who I got too involved with, yeah. and I could have saved her, and I didn't. Yeah. I mean, his whole what happens at the end of the not movie? hurt her. Yeah. And then he heard her. Yeah. And then the ending of the movie happens. This, uh, this is one of my mm. favorite endings in film history. Oh, it's it's. I I think it's astonishing. Yeah, it's amazing. I think I think it's a perfect. I think it's perfect. I think everything comes together mm. in the end by not <laughs> right the story. And it, it it's so here. Yeah, here we are. We're talking about the ending now. <laughs> we made it. Nice. I'm glad we made that. Yeah, we made the delineation that now it's the ending. All and, and the, talk now. And the, there you go. No, the reason is we're making that delineation is because it is one of the best, maybe if not the best ending mm-hmm. of a film. I think I can say that um, because you're yeah. right. It becomes so everything ties together. And one of the great things about the movie is that you truly don't know how it's going to end. Well, yeah, it's like, where can this go? This is just getting uglier and uglier. How right. is this all going to come to a head? And you, if you know noir and if, if yeah. you know film, you go, this is going to end. She's going to get away. Houston's going to go to jail. Mm-hmm. But you get to the end. Wow, yeah. And the police officers are there. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you. one of the, I think, really cool things about the movie is you don't know which side the police are on. Right. I mean, you just, yeah. Absolutely. And it's so, so, but you don't, you don't, at least I didn't suspect that they were bad and I didn't suspect they were good. No, but they're ambivalent. 
Yeah. Right, but you know, but you know the minute yeah. when she goes, no, he owns them. Yeah, that's when you know this is not going to end well. Right, of course. Well, again, you know, where's the money mm-hmm. and where's mm-hmm. the the control? With and money? you go, of course he owns the police. Why right. wouldn't he own the police? Right. Well, again, again, apropos, mm-hmm. you know, and, and very unfortunately, you know, I mean, you think about the the powers that be in the history of many things, especially Los Angeles. You know, that's, I mean, this is how it, it was. I mean, why is yeah. everyone working against Jack Nicholson's character right, throughout right. the entire film? And, and he, you see that because, I mean, he's, he gets a hit over the head with the crutch a hundred times. He gets his nose cut. Like he, he, he's, everywhere he turns, he's getting beaten up. But why does he keep going? How do you feel about, um, do, do you think that his, that Jake's reaction to seeing Evelyn I guess we can do spoilers. So after Evelyn's killed, did you far. feel that after they slept together that he had like a strong enough react? Because I know we had spoken before about you wishing that you had seen a little bit more mm-hmm. of how they felt about one another. Because I mean, you have to figure like, you know, this is someone, they just slept together, still right. don't know each other, obviously, but like they just got a taste of one another. He's just finding out all of the trials and tribulations in her world. And then she's killed. You know? I think his reaction is proportional to how it's, yeah. Because he's not he's not breaking down. Right. But he is we obviously see some passion. I think that's one of the best shots in the movie is when after she's been shot yeah. and they run they're running on the street. Mm-hmm. I, I love that shot cuz it's I, with him. The 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 shot that gets that gets Evelyn, I'm always like wow. Yeah. That's like Yeah. That's some sharp shooting. That's mm. crazy. Well, I'm like, yeah. how? Foreshadowing to that earlier <laughs> when they're in the car and she puts her head down on the horn and then when he's looking at her and he finds the little, the flaw, oh, the black fleck well, in her eye. Right. When she dies, she gets shot, shot in, the, in eye the eye and her head falls down. I didn't even put that together. Look at you. That's fine. That's why I'm hey, here. That's why you're here. That's why you're here. <laughs> um, but again, it's stuff like that that you don't necessarily know until mm-hmm. someone says it, and then you're like, "Oh my god, that right is there. so clever!" Or you watch, you've That's seen so it. That's so intricate. Times, yeah, the you know, sh- the, um, the shaky when she's holding. Uh, when she's holding the gun and then it's like the shaky cam right on well this and I, that's why i brought it up earlier because i i love shaky cam when it has a purpose sure when it has a purpose there and and what it does is it creates distress and and absolutely in in, in that moment it's utilized to the to the max because it creates the distress and, yes, and at that point you don't know how it's going to happen until she says that line right. that he owns the police and you're like this is just not going to end well mm-hmm. um but but back to jack's reaction or jake's reaction rather it, both. It, right. Both in this mm-hmm. case. Um, it's proportional because he's not breaking down, but he's confused. He's conflicted. We see he's conflicted on how right. we should feel. He's he, he, he's obviously distraught. Right. I mean, there's so much stimulation happening right. all at once. But right. is he distraught that she's gone or is mm-hmm. he distraught that he lost? Right. That evil won and that good did not prevail. There's right. nothing he can do. And right. it's 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 over for him. Like and yeah, forget you about see, it, Jake. It's Chinatown. Yeah, amazing. Did you, did you yeah. want to say it? I did. But <laughs> okay. but it's as he's walking off. You know, you see this. It's like where does he go from here? Well, and you also you can sense a little bit that he's torn. Mm-hmm. He knows there's nothing left for him to do here. But as he's leaving, you can see that slight resistance, you know, when his partner is trying to get want him. to leave. Right, right. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's, again, in not what's being told, but what's being shown. Right. You know, very powerful. Yeah. And there's so many conflicting emotions that he's got to go through. And, and 
we see it. We see that he doesn't know how to feel. Yeah. And yeah, he's trying to go back, and and his partner goes, yeah. forget about it. It's Chinatown, and I, I. It's probably the best ending line to a movie ever. I don't know. Some like it hot. Casablanca. Yeah. Wow, like a you hot could do like a whole. You could comedy. do like a whole episode on like really fabulous endings because right. there's some good ones. Absolutely, and that's I think sometimes what I love about you know classic movies is that they just. I think sometimes that's what I'm missing in contemporary cinema is just like the, those really wonderful endings, even if they're not necessarily happy, but it's just like that was the perfect bow to put a top. Right, this. and it's almost like. It, it, because it's not realistic enough for this generation of filmmakers. Right. There's a certain poeticness about it. Well, that's why movies, you know, move so fast now. Mm-hmm. Because in the first act, if there's not a big fight scene or an explosion, you you lose like 60% of your audience. Right. You know, people in, in classic movies and older films, there's it's a slower start. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a slow boil. So that that's not as common in contemporary cinema because I think they feel the need, again, with yeah. that blockbuster ideal, you're thinking you need to move it along. You need to get to something big, something eye-catching. You know, you need to have a nude scene with the two blockbuster actors, you know. Right. But this doesn't feel the need to rush. It moves mm-hmm. at a perfect pace that's fabulous. It's, it's a brilliant pace. Yeah. It, it, it really captures the, the the genre of the film. Absolutely. Um, and, and what you want to see when you see it. Right. Right. Um, yeah, and... and it's it's that's what it is movies and i'm not trying to crap on all modern movies because there's some brilliant modern movies movies i love green book i I think Mm -hmm. that it was amazing movie we we reviewed the irishman i love the irishman um but there is a certain lack of poetic poetic poeticness that old like casablanca has uh um because that that's not a it's a it's not really a realistic movie right but it's but, but it doesn't have to be. And right. I think we're so ingrained in realism now mm-hmm. that it, that type of thing suffers for it. Sure. Okay, so what's your favorite What's your favorite scene? I really like the scene when we first meet Faye Dunaway mm. and Jack Nicholson is like trying to keep her in the room and she as she's leaving, of course, because she's always on her way out. And she, you know, he's like, I just don't think you should be so tough on me. And she says to him, I'm not tough on anyone, Mr. Giddies. My lawyer is. Yeah, that's I'm like, oh my god, that's like that's the epitome <laughs> of like the film noir female. You know, it's just like because it's it's she's such a lady, but she's so you know, so composed. She's fabulous. What a wonderful introduction introduction right. scene. When Jack Nicholson is driving away, when he's being chased by the the horse, the, mm, yeah, the, the man horse. on like horse horseback, I am so I am so engaged in that mm-hmm. in that scene. Like you really feel like you. Well, it's realistic into it. Well, just the way it's shot, like behind mm-hmm. behind um, behind Jake in the car, like you feel like you are escaping with him, mm-hmm. and there's just no way to go. Like every single turn, there's just somebody around the right. corner. I, it, you, you got your head's on a swivel as you're watching it and you're like yeah it's high stakes mm-hmm. it's really high stakes my favorite and, and this is weird because you don't like action you picked an action one and, mm-hmm. and I action's not my favorite but I do like action movies probably my favorite scene is when they exit the diner mm-hmm. and he she's trying to like bring him back right and it, just the way that scene is framed where it's like and, and mm-hmm. it does it throughout the movie a lot but it's like just them two and it's pretty close and they're just going at it. Yeah. They're just, they're fighting for what they want. 
And I just like the way it's framed and I like how it's just textbook acting. Yeah. They're just fighting for what they want and, and it's it's brilliant. Did I already say that it's like David Jones? Lynch's favorite film score? I've never heard that. Yeah, director David Lynch. Wow. His it's his favorite film score of all time. It's interesting. Oh, wow. I would yeah. think it would be something a little more weird. Isn't that so interesting though that you know, because when we hear David Lynch, obviously we think contemporary, mm-hmm. right? And isn't that so interesting that that cinema and some of these classic things bring everyone in the industry together you know it's like out of all the the things he could have picked it's Chinatown you know I just think that's so I love that I love that forget about it it's Chinatown I can see similarities between like David Lynch films and uh, Roman Polanski films Mm -hmm. it's definitely uh, they definitely capture like kind of like a seediness behind Right behind life. it, yes. Well, it's also like uh, John Ford influenced Martin Scorsese a lot, and The Searchers is oh. the basis behind Great Taxi movie. Driver. Um, yes. I didn't so. know that, though. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's move on to our trivia game, which you've probably already ready won. Ready to get smacked down. So the yep. first question, Jasmine already gets the point because... Well, let's do it again. <laughs> Jack Nicholson was dating whose daughter at the time of filming? J- John Houston's. Yes, and what was her name? Angelica. You don't get the point. It's over. <laughs> Why are you asking me then? Why are you giving me false hope? I, st- sure I started with saying race. that. I already, I started oh, okay. with Jasmine. Why did you? Okay, okay. I need a buzzer. True or false? Roman actually cut Jack's nose. True. False. She gets this is a movie. We but took, you but took it's, Roman, it's Roman. They, but Blansky. they did start telling people that. Right, because the props people were tired of explaining. They were all tired. I would not be surprised if Roman Polanski did something. Right, he's weird. Um, True or false? This was there was originally a voiceover narration. True. True. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I'm gonna give both. I of hate that. voiceovers in movies. I just I typically they have do too. to be done really well. And, and Scorsese, if not, I can do without. Scorsese them. does them well. Like yeah. Goodfellas. You know, it's like just them. get out of here. A, yeah, yeah. Narrations can really. I think it would have killed this movie. Because yes, you learn all the clues. You don't need it. Yeah, no, no you don't need it. You, you learn you all the clues that when he learns them, and that's I think the way. Uh, that's exactly why he eliminated it because he wanted the audience to discover the clues as yeah. Jake did. Absolutely. Um, true or false? Robert Town originally wrote the screenplay with Jack Nicholson's Easy Rider co-star Peter Fonda in mind. True. False. Jack Nicholson was always the one in mind. It was Jane that was potentially. In mind. See, I didn't even know that when I wrote that. That's kind of funny. That mm-hmm. that's, I yeah. wanted. I, I just. I wanted to feature. Well, okay. More spicy tea. Okay. Okay. So, um, Robert. See, the the producer and the writer are both named Robert. Mm-hmm. One is Robert Town. One is Robert Evans. Um, oh my gosh! You know, I'm gonna be mad that I don't remember which one is which. Um, Robert Town's the screenplay, and Robert Evans is producer. the producer. Um, okay. I think it's Robert Town. Then was married to Ali McGraw. Okay, of mm-hmm. love story fame. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was also slated to be. No, it must have. God, she was slated to also be considered for um, Evelyn's role. But when she had an affair with Steve McQueen and they got mm-hmm. a divorce, <laughs> that's life. She got See, kicked, she out, got the kicked out of the movie. Yeah, I so, couldn't imagine. I couldn't imagine anyone but Faye Dunaway. No, right, I mean, especially. I mean, like Ali McGraw has her own, you know, wonderful stuff that she does but yeah Faye Dunaway was yeah and we really got to talk about network at some point that's I'm one surprised of you haven't I'm surprised yeah. you haven't I just started this days it's early days I'm surprised we're talking about Chinatown this early um <laughs> true or false in 1937 I actually before I started this because uh-huh. I was doing some research and making some notes I was like 
this is really early to be doing chat. I need to watch this movie like four or five more times. That's funny. I'm kind of yeah, scared. I, I agree. This, yeah. I agree. There's a lot behind it. Well, maybe we'll revisit it one day. Uh, we so, should watch Who Frames Roger Rabbit <laughs> later on. True or false? In 1937, which is when the movie is set, there was no Chinatown in Los Angeles. True. Yep. And that was also the year Jack Nicholson was born. Isn't mm-hmm. that funny? Yep. Wow. Well, what happened was that there was a certain amount of years that Chinatown was there. Right. There was one year that they kind of, I guess, were re-innovating it, mm-hmm. and then it was there again. Because uh, if I remember, what's uh, what's the movie with, I believe it's Robert De Niro from like 1980, Sergio Leone, like once, is it Once Upon, once upon a Time in America? I once think. Upon a Time in America. Now I always want to say Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. But because there is like a sort of Chinatown in New York there, isn't there? And I don't know. That seems like it was well, in the twenties. Oh, in New York. Oh, in LA, New York. Okay. Did you even watch the movie, bro? By The man who is getting okay. Here's another question, trivia question. The man who is getting angry about building, who wants to build the dam at the beginning, uh-huh. is played by Rance Howard, who is the father of which famous actor slash director? Oh, um, uh, Ron Howard. Yep. How did you not get that? Uh, last question. Yeah. All or nothing. No, just kidding. You're already winning. You're already winning. No, all or nothing. I like uh, all or nothing. <laughs> what famous director turned down the role to direct? Oh, God. I know this. I know this. Peter Bogdanovich. Wow. And then he Even if it was all or nothing, it. it was over. He regretted it for so long. I mean, obviously, who wouldn't? But it's hard to tell. I don't think it would have been the same movie. Well, of course not. Probably. Of course yeah, not. I mean, like, if anyone I, had been slightly different, you know, if if any of the yeah. actors or director, you know, it would have been. Completely so different. the audience question is: so in that scene where where John Huston and Jack Nicholson meet each other in right? Catalina. Yep, we okay. all know where we are. Yes. Um, hang on, where I got a trivia find. rounds over. Yeah, trivia <laughs> rounds. She already won. Like it's. You um, know everything. <laughs> like, where's where's you my, did your homework? At least you about did your Chinatown. So yeah. so as as. Jake, Jack Nicholson's character, is leaving. Yeah. He tells him, you don't answer this because you're going to know it. This is for the audience. <laughs> Got it. Okay. It looked like you were, it looked like you were getting about to ask I know, the question. I did, I, did, I, I did look at you and then you, but you And then he regretted it immediately. <laughs> I did. Yeah. Um, but uh, Jack Nicholson tell, uh, says he's going to go look at what? And then later on you do see he is there. Um, but there's a specific thing and, and he leaves John Houston wondering what he why he's going to go look there and what what is he what does he say he's going to go look look at so i don't even know do you know what that is you know what i'm talking about no <laughs> i'm trying to think i'm like it's really it's really it's kind of specific because he says it uh-huh. and then we get another shot of john houston and he, you see him think about it like what could that mean and then in the next your favorite scene that's where he's going well, to i'm worried that you're going to say Wait, so did you just give the... No, I didn't give it away. Did you give the answer? Because he doesn't say anything about it. You just see it in the frame. Okay. Mariachi band? Wait, we can't answer the... We can't answer the question. Well, I don't think that was the answer to the question. Are you sure? That sounds very (laughs) familiar. It's not the... uh, Anything else you want to say about Chinatown? You know, I think we did a really thorough... I'm glad you think that. I do. I think we bounced around quite chaotically, but I think in the midst of all of that we um you know i don't know one final thought i suppose since you're asking me (laughs) i think there's so much you know there's so much crime obviously in this film so much Mm -hmm. injustice but i think the biggest injustice is against the city itself and the citizens in los angeles you know what i mean right the story theoretically is about water you know, mm-hmm. in you know, so I and I think that. Well, yeah, he gets so angry when he's like, "Your father owned the water." Right. 
Right. And I, yeah, I just think that that's so, I, and I think that's also one of the reasons why I love it so much. I love movies that are sort of like love letters, if you will, to, um, a Los Angeles that is no longer here. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Um, and so I, I think that's another layer of why I enjoyed the film is because it's set here and I love this city and I'm so Mm -hmm. intrigued by it and its secrets and the way that it started and how it came to be. And I, and I, I hate injustice. It's one of the big things ever since I was like little mm-hmm. and my mother noticed one day says, you just get so, cause I, I argue a lot. Like I'll argue with really? that. Really? I had no light, light you should be a lawyer. idea. They, they thought I was going to be a lawyer for a long yeah. time, but they, they, my mom was like, it's just, you hate the injustice. Like you can't let anybody get away with something. Yeah. Even if it's like being a bigger person, it's just a, it's like arguing over the stupid thing. It's stupidest things. And but so I hate injustice. Yeah. And it's, it's one of the reasons why I love the end of this movie. Right. Is because I, I, it's something I love to hate. No, I hate to love. I hate to love. Something I hate to love. I want to thank you for coming. Thank you. Thanks yeah, for having me. It's been a pleasure. Me. Thank you it's so much. It's been a pleasure, and we'll have you back on. And to discuss Billy Wilder? Absolutely. Possibly. I have lots of Who fun knows? facts about that, too. Yeah, that's <laughs> great. Forget about it, Jake. It's Chinatown. Back at the movie. Till the screen goes dark. 